0: Good morning everyone, I trust that this finds you keeping safe and well as we resume these weekly talks every Wednesday morning. So here we are again and it feels as if we're almost back at square one, staying at home, going out once a week for groceries, each morning for a little stroll, otherwise stuck at home, not going anywhere, not able to visit our children or grandchildren, not able to invite anyone into our home. Not able to gather together for the Eucharist, just as it was six months or so ago, almost back at square one, and all because of this awful virus. Purely selfishly, we've had to cancel three trips this year, including a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, not been able to gather together as a family, not able to visit my 94-year-old stepmother, who's been locked into a care home in the north of England all year. Nevertheless, we've been pretty fortunate and you've all had your own particular deprivations to contend with over these recent months. I have to say that I hate this coronavirus. I hate it because so many people have died. I hate it even more because so many people have died alone, unable to hold the hand of a loved one. I hate it because our wonderful health service has been stretched to the limit once And now it's happening all over again. I hate it because so many people are bereaved and weren't allowed to sit next to one of their family at a funeral, let alone embrace each other and give each other a hug. I hate it because weddings and baptisms and ordinations have been postponed or at least have gone ahead without those people who were meant to be there. I hate it because children's schooling has been so badly disrupted And I hate it because too many people have been so ill, crying out in pain, isolated, lonely, fearful and depressed. I hate this virus because behind locked doors some terrible things have happened. And I hate it because the poor and the disadvantaged have been hit the hardest and because so many have lost jobs. I hate it because it has left so many people across the world feeling hopeless and helpless as if life itself has been taken away from us. I hate it, and yet I reluctantly acknowledge that because of the virus we have had to learn some hard lessons about ourselves. We've learned, for example, that we belong to one another and that my interest is tied up with your interest and that my life is tied up with your life. We've learned again that death is real. We've learned that progress doesn't mean living in a pain-free world. We've learned that those jobs we previously thought of as rather menial where well, they are in fact vital and essential for our well-being. We've learned that at the moment the best way to love one another is to keep a distance and we've learned that love transcends all boundaries and can happily and easily jump across two metres and In the church, despite the fact that we were deprived of the sacrament for months and the reassurance of worshipping together with our friends Sunday by Sunday, despite all that, and somehow it's a mystery, we've learned that God is with us and among us. With us as he has always been in the midst of endeavour, suffering and ministry. We've learned that the parish church lies at the centre and that pastoral care and all sorts of worship, both old and new, can go on and has gone on in old and new ways. And above all, loving your neighbour is what this is all about. And I reluctantly acknowledge that although there's nothing, nothing good about COVID-19, good can indeed come out of it if we respect and love each other and learn how to inhabit the world differently so that the spread of the virus can be kept under control. And we, the Church of Jesus, have an opportunity to take the lead in this Speaking out for the poor, making sure that the restrictions we are living by are administered fairly and work for the well-being and the good of everyone. And making sure that we don't lose sight of other key things, like the curse of racism, the way we inhabit the planet and our relationships with each other within the UK and in Europe. And so despite all this, I'm thankful I'm thankful for the faithfulness, the skill and the hard work of all those who serve in our health and emergency services. I'm thankful for all those in public office who have had to make hard decisions, inevitably coming in for sharp criticism, but who continue to give themselves to serving us and keeping us safe. And I'm thankful, very thankful, for the witness and service of the local church, for people's generosity, creativity and tenacity and especially for the care of the vulnerable and the needy. So, friends, I do hate this coronavirus, but I'm also thankful for the good things that have emerged, and not least our dependence upon each other and upon God. And, particularly this week, for the news that came on Monday that a vaccine may de- be developed in the coming weeks and months. And all this is happening on Remembrance Day. Indeed, this early part of November is full of acts of remembrance. All Souls Day, All Saints Day, Remembrance Sunday and Remembrance Day, all underlining the truth that good can come out of evil, that self-sacrifice can and does bring freedom, that death can be the bearer of life, and that light is only truly appreciated when the darkness begins to cover us. And when we remember, remember, we bring out of the past and into the present those people whom we've l- loved and lost, those whom we still love but see no longer, and those to whom we owe so much and cannot thank enough. Remembrance is the invitation every year not only to remember, but to remake and renew the world. We're asking God to reshape our lives, to be refashioned, remade and redeemed, to be remembered as individuals, as a society and as a country, to build on the dedication and self-sacrifice of the past for the present and for the shaping of our future. And perhaps our memories assure us and assume an even greater importance in this year of the pandemic. Or we recall not only acts of heroism and tragedy, but also those unexpected moments we can't fully explain why one life, why one life lives and another dies, How we managed to do this or that? What if it was like when everything seemed to be lost? remembrance for many and not least because of the virus is born out of tragedy and pain. And so today we remember and give thanks for all those who've gone before us, for those who gave their lives that we might live, for the souls and saints we cherish, for those whom we love yet see no longer. And in dwelling on the generosity and the goodness of God, we remember that we are loved by the God who remembers each and every one of us and all the hairs of our head, and who looks upon us with love and gratitude for the love and for the service we render to each other. And even in the horrors of wars, and in the grip of this awful pandemic, we remain convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.